You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everybody. Hope everybody's having a good day. I am your host, Michael C. Uh, Back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And what I have for you today is another installment of of the China Shop. Uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, the China Shop is just a series that I put together where I have conversations with other bulls and we just kind of talk about the lifestyle and kick it, and you know, just just talk about what's going on and in, in our, our own separate journeys and everything. And today I have the pleasure of having with me a good brother that I actually met. Some of you know that I went down to Splash Mocha in um, in Atlanta back in February. And uh, while I was there, I met one of the brothers that has something to do with it uh, by the name of Dimitri. Some of you who listen to my show, especially those of you who are based in Florida, might know Dimitri. Why don't you go ahead and say what's up, brother? Good evening, everyone. Nice to finally be on the show, my brother. <laughs> been a long time playing it. Yeah, a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we've been trying to get, to, get, to get it together for a minute, you know, and then the, the, the bottom fell out of the world, and then that kind of put everything on hold, but... You know, I I I uh, I stayed being a pain in your side, and you always let me know that you know you was ready whenever I am. So, you know, I got to keep my word, brother. I got to keep my word. If I don't have anything else, I got to keep my word. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> now, I'm not going to be the one to put your business out there, but why don't you tell my listeners uh, how old you are? I am 45. I have about 20 years experience in the lifestyle. Uh, pretty much started like majority of most people I know. The military, and it's been a great run so far. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Great run. Okay, so, so here's where we're gonna start with with, with you. Uh, how I kind of want to set this off is yes. take me back to the beginning, like when 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 the term, whether it was lifestyle or swinger or h- however it was presented to you. How did you first become aware of it? Uh. Basically, it was known to me as wifing, and this is a term that they use in the military once, uh, you know, you have a deployment. Well, let me back up. It was, it was an unspoken thing because, you know, of course, that's frowned upon what's the military rules and codes and justice. But uh, if you develop a great friendship with some of your buddies, you know, he would trust you to be with his wife while he's being deployed instead of her going out being with strangers. Oh, okay. And okay. there was like an underground thing it was called wiping or white swapping. So now if, are, I was brought in. Are you, are you allowed to mention what branch of the military you were in? I mean, you feel yeah. co- Simple five, brother. United States Marine Corps. All right, all right, all right. Brother, I will be as truthful as possible on this cast right now. Well, I appreciate it, man. Your 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 honesty and transparency is definitely is definitely welcomed and appreciated. But I don't I don't put any requirements on people. Not that I want them to lie, but you divulge as much as you feel comfortable with. And I sure will. Okay, so so you said it was called wifing, wife swapping. Uh, how old were you at at the time when you first started learning about this? Uh, I went in right after high school, so I was around 18, and uh, it started for me in Iran, Germany. Okay. And uh, I was like going on 20, 
at the time. I was going on 20 years old. Okay. Was, uh, so I'm curious. At, at that time, you know, you're, you know, young, snot-nosed, you know, fresh out of high school. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and everything. Was it other brothers that was approaching you or that was talking to you about this? Or was it the white dudes, too? At, uh, at, at that time, when you were 20 years old, I mean, it wasn't really no internet the way we know it now. And, you know, a lot more stuff was kind of underground. So I'm kind of curious, who was it that was presenting this to you at that time? Well, when my very first one was, uh, it was a black couple. Uh, one of my seniors uh, was getting deployed. And he knew I was very close with his wife and kids. So he put it out there like, hey, as my brother, I trust you, I respect you. Can you look out for my wife and family while I'm gone because the wolves would be after her. And he was like, oh, so we have an unspoken rule. Uh, we're open to have fun because of some kind of distance they had amongst themselves. Right. And... No, it took me back because I didn't know much. I didn't know. It was all like a very, very dark fantasy for me that turned reality. And so I ran away with it. And uh, the wife actually introduced me to more people that was into it. And this was all so, military. Like the, the way, the, like the circle that she was in, this was all like military wives? Yes. There's the military wise that she turned me on to that circle because, you know, uh, I was a cock strong young buck <laughs> right out of boot camp <laughs> at MCT. <laughs> you know, and I was just going crazy, bro. You know, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke. So sex was always my king. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's what that you, area. Yeah, that's what you got it got into. You put your energy into that. Yes, man. So I just went crazy. Now so you're doing that. Did you just a couple questions that come to mind um, yep. on both sides? Did you ever have a wife catch feelings for you? Did you ever catch feelings for a wife or were you always really good at maintaining that separation? No, oh, bro. When I was younger, that first couple, I feel crazy in love with her because, you know, I was just my first time away from home. This lady was older. Of course, again, you know when you're young, you think you know what you're doing? Yeah. And the other one goes, no, you're doing it wrong. You didn't do it this way? Shit. <laughs> 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 Bro, I fell in love with this lady. And uh, I had to say, that was, my, that was my very first heartbreak. Uh, and we still keep in touch right now today. Oh, that's that's awesome, man. And that's, we so still keep in touch. I'm sure she's probably got to feel a certain kind of way, a certain kind of pride at seeing how far you've kind of come along and she got you when you was just a little, a little cub. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I always brag about that. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um, So now did you ever have it happen the other way where a wife kind of, you know, caught feelings for you? Uh, Yes. That has happened a few times recently. And uh, I was flattered. And but I had to be really honest, and then I didn't share those feelings. Get along, I shared that conversation with her husband because I didn't want to have just a one-sided conversation. Right, right. I made sure they both were together when I put that out there. That this was that was I wasn't looking for that. It happened. I understand it, but this is when I had to pull back because I have to respect their marriage. So I pulled back on that. 
no doubt, no doubt. And I know that that's, that's something that I say often, and you kind of illustrate that is oftentimes when we find ourselves in those situations and somebody wants more than we're willing to give, let's be honest, it's, it's the sex that's the, 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 not the problem, but that's what's connecting her. So like, you're still having that kind of contact. And of course. when it's one-sided, obviously they would want more, but what often winds up happening is they're happy at least having that piece of you, which is wrong because it's, it's, they're, they're sacrificing what they want. They're compromising what they want. So I've often said when, once it becomes one-sided, you, you got to pull the plug on the sex. You got you to. You got to pull the no, plug on it. No matter how good the, the go. yeah, yeah, no matter how good the pussy is, you got to <laughs> pull the plug on the sex. Because once you know that they want more, they will keep fucking you. Like they will yeah. keep fucking you because, you know, a, a, a piece of something is better than all of nothing. You know what I'm saying? Of so they're going, and then it's just going to just take them further and further and further down that rabbit hole. You know what I'm saying? So it's cool to hear you say that you had that talk with him and you had to kind of put the kibosh on that because, you know, no one wins in that situation. You know what I'm saying? No, nobody wants to So speaking of that, going back to the situation where you're the one that caught feelings, I'm kind of curious, what was it, what, what was it that helped you understand that this, you can't go through this lifestyle being that guy that catches feelings? Like, how did you get that under control and kind of come to grips with it and learn how to separate the two. Brother, I almost said her name. <laughs> well, I, I could have edited it out. This ain't live. <laughs> no, it's okay. This ain't it's live. Okay. I would have cut it out. <laughs> no, it's okay. I would say this. Uh, so she had that conversation with me. And she told me, as a, as a, she was a psychic, she said, she said you're going to have so many situations come upon you Similar to this, you're going to have to be strong to know how to be, to be honest and not fall for the temptation side. Mm-hmm. And yet alone, you got to be strong to where you don't get the shitty end of it. So I always realize, know this, love yourself as much and love yourself enough to where you're not hurting no one else or to allow yourself to get hurt. So again, I was able. I was always able to walk away when that situation was coming complicated. Like again, when I find myself falling, I always go, "She's married. She has a husband. She has a family." Those three right there always put me back in my place. Right. And it, when I got too complicated, then I just simply tell them my reason why I'm pulling back, and I would stay away. Now, it was pretty simple. After she, after she schooled you, yeah. did it ever happen again, or was that the, the only time it ever happened? Like, were you able to kind of keep your feelings at bay after that? Like, did you learn and take to heart the lessons that she told you? Brother, she was the only one. And that was a very, very hard lesson because, again, you know how you have high school love and your first girlfriend? Yeah. I, I didn't have that heartbreak. My first girlfriend was my first time ever, and I didn't feel like, oh, this is the one I want to marry. I was like, wow, I can't wait to fuck the next girl like I just fucked her. But the way this lady fucked me and took care of me and showed me things, the fear of having a way, uh, walk away from me was devastating. But 
the education and the information she shared with me was priceless. So I thank her all the time for that. I always thank her for that. Okay, so so, th- so this is kind. Of, I'm kind of curious because I'm 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 picking up a um a theme here, and I I want to kind of go into it a little bit. For yes. me, and it's, this actually might be a question that I might start kind of incorporating into my China Shop interviews. I always speak about the fact that when I got into this, I had uh, I, I hooked up with an older black dude that kind of took me under his wing and like schooled me and taught me the ropes and everything. You know what I'm saying? I was like you. I mean, I was a little older, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. didn't know much. He saw something in me taught me the way, the way of the landscape. So would you say that this woman, if I were to ask you throughout your time in this lifestyle, who was your biggest influence? Like the person that, that, that instilled the most in you, the person that helped you the most, would you say that it was her or did somebody else come along? Uh, first it was her. And, uh, there were actually a few gentlemen, you know, I learned from, uh, I can I call them king among kings, right? Because I'm still evolving, I'm still learning. No, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Those are the guys I go to when I don't have the answer or I need the answer. Those are the guys I go to. Uh, of course, no, I don't mind naming them. Uh, DJ One, uh, Paul, Vernon. So those brothers right there that was always inside me, they just want to tell me through it all. You know, mm-hmm. they, they taught me certain things that I still, I pass on to the next brother. And I, I label, like I said, I label them king among kings. No, no it's, it's, it's definitely important to kind of, you know, try to school at least those that'll listen, because they don't all listen. <laughs> oh, oh, man, of course. You know, because my thing is that, you know, we can't be greedy. In other words, we can't fuck everybody. You know what I'm saying? And so <laughs> if we don't pay it forward, then there's going to be more women, more couples having bad experiences. And if they of have course. bad experiences, they might leave. And my thing is I want everybody to stay at the party. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Like, I might not get to see you now. I might not get to see you till five years from now. But it would be nice to have the opportunity to see you. <laughs> of course. You know I totally agree. You know, so the, 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 the paying it forward, and this is kind of my way of doing that. That's one of the things that I hope to accomplish with this, with my podcast is I feel like I can reach more people. And hopefully, you know, uh, you know guys will listen to it and and understand, you know, the the value of it and, and hearing from people who are actually doing it, whether it's bulls, whether it's couples, what have you. And, 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 and use that information, you know, use that information to, you know, to their advantage. So let me ask you this. So you got your start in the military, you were kind of training. People were kind of introducing you around and, and plugging you into various places. When would you say, was the moment when you, for the most part, like struck out on your own to uh, where, where nobody was plugging you in, where you was kind of, you know, you know how it goes, like you getting yourself through the door, you know, nobody's speaking okay. for you. Nobody's saying he's with me. It's, it's you applying everything that you've learned 
and using your own abilities to open doors. When did that transition start to happen for you? So that transition started right after my divorce. You know, I, I took time off to rebuild myself as a single guy. So when I came back out, you know, the very first lesson I gave myself was patience. Like you just said, you only got one dick, you know. You don't have to try to go for the marathon within the night. Right. Take all the time you need, time and comfort. And uh, so that was like around 2010. You know, I came back on the scene, you know, a lot of people thought I cut all my hair, got a couple of tattoos, put on some weight, and it was all about, okay, who is that guy? And then I became that guy. I didn't become that guy everybody wanted to fuck. I became that guy everybody wanted to know. And I fed into that. So I let them learn me. Once they learned me, the hustle was cool with me. Right. And everything just fell in place. So I became that guy. Okay, so and that I, was around 2010 for me. Okay, 2010. Okay, I want to pause because you kind of threw something in there, and I, I don't, I don't want to gloss over that. You said you you got divorced, so obviously you got married. Of course. Well, your marriage. Uh, kind of a few questions before you answer, just to kind of build up to it. A, was it a vanilla marriage? Meaning, did you completely walk away from the lifestyle? Uh, B, when you met her, did she ever know that you were in the lifestyle? And <laughs> While you were with her, did you ever stray to find to back to the lifestyle, or were you just cold turkey from the moment you met her to the moment y'all got divorced? The lifestyle was just out of your life. You, you know, uh, I will say this: when I came back home and I saw her because we were like childhood friends, and yeah. I saw her, it was like falling in love, and I knew that she was the one. So, but I kept my bearings. I didn't. I took some time off the lifestyle to pursue her. Uh, I gave her all my energy and my time because I was that much crazy over her. But I will say this. When we got married, I was like six months in. I, I had to be honest. Maybe um, this is what's going on. This monogamous relationship is fucking boring. We need to do something. We both were young. Mm-hmm. And so... When she agreed and she was like, hey, look, I got to be honest, I'm having urges to be with other women and men. And I was like, shit, great. We have the open communication. Right. Let's go for it. And so I put her out there, like, I took her to places and showed her what, where we, where we meet and how things go, how she should act and how she should treat her. And I let her play to her comfort. So that was my way of getting her into the lifestyle. And how did that go? I knew it, it went well, but then she became like a kid in the candy store to where I had to constantly remind her that we are parents. You know, the way we do this lifestyle thing, it has to be a teamwork effort, meaning we can't do this every weekend. We have kids. <laughs> so she was going you know, a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, bro. It was like I would come home and then there's a, well, I would be this, I would say this. My ex-wife was more into women, which is all guys' fantasy. But when you have as many threesomes and know that you only got one dick, yeah. it become a job. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's not it's, fun it's, no more. Yeah, no, a lot of dudes don't understand 
the amount of work <laughs> that goes yes. that, that 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 goes into that when you're the only you know when you're the only dick in the room. Yes, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. like I, I think the fantasy is oh, both of these women are pleasing me. The reality is, nah, bro, you got to please both of them women. <laughs> exactly. And that's, and that's the part of it that a lot of dudes don't, they think they could just kind of sit back like a king on the throne and have these women just, and it's like, nah, dude, you got to, you got to put in some work. You got to work. You got to put in some work, bro. Yeah. And of course, you know, the quality of women start dropping down and that's when I just start putting back. And you know, as time went by, I realized that we wasn't as compatible. So again, we had a already brutal, honest conversation. Yeah. And we realized that we weren't compatible as husband and wife, but we were great parents. So we, we simply called it quits and we remained friends. Okay, I want to ask you something. This is something that I've I've spoken on. In, in a few episodes and I actually did an episode uh, focusing totally on it. And I'm just kind of curious about something that you had yeah. said. One of the things that doesn't really get talked about, and it kind of ties into what you said in the beginning about catching feelings is mm-hmm. the life of a bull, especially a good bull is it's a lot of fun, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's kind of lonely. And what I mean by that is, we get to have all this great sex with all these beautiful women, you know, but yes. Christmas time by yourself. When I say by yourself, I mean without a partner. I mean, you obviously without got your kids around, but Christmas without a partner. New Year's, I mean, yeah, we can go to a party, but we don't have nobody sitting there chilling at the crib with us if we don't want to go out. Valentine's Day by yourself. You know, we go and we spend time with these couples and they have a wonderful time. And then we get in our cars and we go home and then they, they, get, get, to, they get to love on each other and, 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 and have deep feelings and emotions and all of that. And for us, it's kind of a lifestyle that's kind of devoid of that. So I'm just kind of curious when you say you came home and you saw this, you know, this woman who you had feelings for, do you think that played a part in it? Like having been in a lifestyle for a little bit and basically the lesson that you learned the first time when you got your hand slapped was basically what you learned was feelings and lifestyle do not mix. You know what I'm well, saying? Yeah. So I'm just uh, curious when you got out, did you have this buildup of like, I want to care about somebody and I want somebody to care about me? Yes, because I was still caught up in that traditional bubble. Right. You know, man, wife, child, man, married woman, woman, and then make a family. Right. I was still caught in that traditional bubble, and I always my upbringing was to if that's the lane you got to get married, got to you know pursue that family. So at the back of my mind, it was always there. So when I met her, she had the same upbringing, and I wasn't a stranger to her family. So it made it just that much comfortable. So. uh it was it was pretty easy for me. What was what was hard was after the the, the um the newlywed phase. Right. That's when it became a challenge for me because you know when you're single, your phone rarely rings, but when you get into a relationship, 
got all the eyes on you. Everybody wants your phone number. Is your homeboy got a girl for you? Yeah. All the options <laughs> you know? open up. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what the hell going on? And I didn't hide anything from my wife because I, I always push for honesty. So I would let her see my phone. I was like, no, like, maybe you are a steak dealer, but I want to go out and have a piece of chicken right now and I'll be back home. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And she, she got it. She kind of came to terms with it because I had to convince her, like, look, I know I'm a great guy. I know I'm a great husband. I know I'm a great father. But I know you find other guys attractive. I know you're young. I know yeah. you want to fuck other guys. You're not giving them your heart. You're just giving them pussy. And then we're going to come home and talk about it. Yeah, now, no. we're going to fuck like rabbits again. So let's try it. And, bro, she was all for it. Oh, that's what's up. And I, I, and I, was, I was right along with it. Now, how, lo- how long were y'all married, if you want me asking? We were together 12 years, but married seven. Okay, okay. Um, and now, was that the only time you've been married? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you were still involved in it. Like, now, were you still doing the same thing as far as, you know, because were you, were you active military or are you done by this time? No, I was still active duty because, uh, I had to cover, like, I had to be that guy to leave and get deployed, you know, 9-11 kicked in, then Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, and then I had to be that guy to say, hey, friend, I know my lady here. Oh, so so, you you then became that dude that was like, take care of my (laughs) woman. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It's a nice little full circle kind of thing. That's a good full circle right there. Yeah. I became that guy. So now let me ask you a question. When you were away and this was going on, are you the kind of guy that was like, I don't need to know what's going on? Or were you the kind of guy that was like, yo, you know, shoot me some pictures, shoot me a little video. Let me see what's going on. Like, did you want to, did you want to see it and hear about it? Or was it enough for you just knowing that it was going like, you didn't need the details. Bro, I'm a kinky motherfucker too. I love that shit. So if you send me all the dirty pictures of fucking or fucking other guys, hey, cool with me. I'm not expecting to live anyway, so <laughs> hey, <laughs> put a smile on my face. Nah, no. You know, I was cool with that. Okay, so then, you know, so one of the things that I noticed when I first started doing parties, and you're involved in parties too, and I'm sure that this dawned on you at some point, I have... A, I'm involved in a BDSM type relationship myself and I have a slave and I love this woman to death and I love watching her get fucked. Always have. And when I first started doing parties, one of the things I quickly realized, which you know what, most of the dudes that come to my parties, if they had a woman in their life that they loved, they wouldn't bring her to my parties. In other words, these were not the guys that were built that way that were built in a way to where they can get pleasure sitting back watching the woman that they love getting the shit fucked out of her like it 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 takes a certain kind of dude with that certain thing in his brain to be able to enjoy that and based off of what you just told me you're one of those kinds of dudes so i'm curious when you as you were going through this lifestyle did you encounter those kind of guys where it's like Oh yeah, you couldn't handle being on this. Like it's cool. It's one thing to be on that side of the fence where you're the dude fucking all the wives. 
I'm saying? It's another mm-hmm. thing to be on the other side where your wife, your lady, your woman is the one getting fucked by other dudes. When was it that you realized that you were the kind of guy that was on the this side of the fence? Like, oh shit, I actually enjoy this. Uh, it was her first threesome. Like, so she wanted to do a threesome with two guys. So, and without, so prior to that, you, I didn't, you, did, you had no idea prior to that threesome that you no. could take it. So were you nervous going into that threesome? Were you like, dude, I don't know if I can take this. I might get upset. You know, were that you, was the challenge. Yes. That was the challenge. I had to challenge myself because, again, I had to be fair. So, and the challenge was, we in an environment where it's non-judgmental, and we can live out all our fantasies, and that was her fantasy. So, me watching her have this bitch with two guys, I was like, now, were you I'm, one of I'm the looking were, at, were you one of the two? No, no, no. It was two other guys. Oh shit! So you weren't <laughs> because, even involved in it. <laughs> yeah, because see, I didn't. I was because I was so weird not by another dude being too close to me. Right. And I was like, okay, if you both, because again, I, like I said, I'm the star, I'm the star of my own show. Right. I don't need another dick in there. But when she said she wanted it, I was like, you know what? This is something new. I, I need to challenge my feelings to see if I can take this. And so, looking at her going through this, and she was like, because, well, I think what hurt the most, she was still holding back because she was trying to protect my feelings. Right. And I was like, baby, enjoy it. Do all the shit you want. Like, this is what you want to do. And and I'm looking at her starting to get down. And so I'm like, bitch, you never did this shit with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> when you get home and clean yourself up, hey, baby, you got around two, three, or whatever, you got to take care of your brother like you just took care of this cat. Oh, you got you to take care of me too. And I was like, okay, I have a fucking freak. A fucking freak. <laughs> I want to say slut. But, you know, well, yeah, in my yeah. bed, and I'm like, you being reserved because you want me to label you? No, baby, I want you to know that anything goes in this bedroom with us. And her being those two guys open her up so sexually to where I get it. Just like my my uh, mother was. That's my steak dinner, but I want a piece of chicken. But hell, same with her. She want to go out and have a piece of chicken on the side? Hey, go right ahead. Do your thing. And if she sent me pictures, that was cool. I, I enjoyed it. I laughed about the stuff. We talked about our experience. Now, we did it, did it surprise you? Like, it's one thing to be cool with it. It's another thing to be turned on by it. And I, I would guess that going into it, you were just hoping you'd be okay with it. Like, just let me be okay with it. Like, I don't, don't let me freak out and get mad and get jealous. And because like you said, she had done so much for you. It was her turn. So you were probably like, look, just, just, just help me get through it. But the, fact that it, yeah, but the fact that it turned you on, did that catch you off guard? Like, oh shit, I wasn't expecting to be turned on by this. Yes, it turned me, it turned me on because I'm looking at her face when, from another point of view. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so is this what I'm doing to her too? So it turned me on. Then I became that guy like, okay, baby, it's MSM time tonight. So then I go get another homeboy, man, and then we'll take care of my wife together. Or she'll go get another girl, and then they'll take care of me. So we, we was going back and forth because so you starting to seek out the, the, the extra dude like you began you you came to like really enjoy it like hey let's make that happen 
Oh, yeah. It's just the fact that uh, a lot of the guys that she was really into, they was more intimidated by me because she was, okay, my my, my ex-wife was a black and Latina. She was very exotic looking. Right. So she didn't want to go, she want to fuck another, like a white guy or Asian guy. And those guys were like, oh, man, you with this black guy. And I'm like, no, bro, just, I'm just a guy like you. Yeah, yeah. Go in and fuck my wife. Like, don't worry about me. You, you fuck her. You here for her. Yeah, don't worry about like, me. Put your attention on yeah. her. So, you know, I let her do it to her comfort, and then I had to let her know, like, look, you can't just say, I want to fuck this guy. It's going to happen. Go talk with him. Go dance with him. Let me see you dance safe because that shit turned me on watching her get this guy hard and aroused because I know she do that to me. Right. So I like to see her please other guys. And sexually or however. It was great. It was, it was brother, it was the fantasy that became reality. No, that's 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 dope. So let me kind of fast forward a little bit, because I mean I don't want to get you to harp too much on I mean you said you know obviously you, you, you led with saying that you had gotten divorced and everything, so mm-hmm. but you guys are still cool with each other, you guys are still friends? Yeah, we're great friends. Uh, we're great parents. Still, uh, we talk. Yeah, I just talked to her today. <laughs> we talk pretty much on a weekly basis. Uh, Real talk. You we still, don't you do still, anything. You still smash, or you don't smash no? <laughs> oh no! That, that, that shit holds up a can of worms, bro. I want to keep that book closed. I'm not saying the chapter is over. I'm saying that book is closed yeah. and on the shelf. <laughs> and I feel bad for it because. The guy she with now, she don't have that sexual freedom. And I know when she come to Florida, she didn't want to get loose. And she called me. And I had to be like, look, I, I, I can't do this with you. Yeah, yeah. Because I know what it's going to do to her. Nah, that's, yeah, that's, that's like you said, that, that, that's, it could definitely complicate things. It can definitely complicate things. So. Oh, yeah. Um, something else that I want to kind of hit on come, stemming from this. Cause this is a situation that I find myself in. I'm just kind of curious. So you have that thing in your brain that says, I enjoy seeing the woman I love getting fucked by somebody else. And so you know what it feels like at the end of the night to hold this woman in your arms and tell her that you love her after she just got done taking somebody else's dick. Yep. So when you interact with these couples and you deal with the husband's, do you feel that that experience, being in their shoes, has made you a better bull? And if so, how? It made me a better bull. It also made me a better person to cope with couples. Uh, I lost you. A better person to what? To cope with the couples. Okay. As, uh, you know how you had that man-to-man conversation before you engage with the wife? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it made me more um, comfortable to talk freely and as well as to interact freely with his wife in front of him. Because again, I always, I will pull restraint, but I had to realize that the kink of it was I'm the bull. I'm, I'm taking control. Right. And so I fulfilled that fantasy for him. And we, we all became, we're still great friends right now today. As the same, same bubble, same aspect. Okay, so it's definitely been something that you've seen that has helped you as far as uh, 
dealing with couples. Brother, I use that. I use that as a learning tool also, and I feel that in other people, it has been a great learning tool for me. Okay, so now I want to hit on a, a little something that we've we've experienced in this lifestyle, and I'm just kind of curious when it started to when it started to really dawn on you. Okay. And that is the fact that when did you finally start to realize that that basically there are women out there who are crazy about black men? Like really like where where it's it's like where you were the prize. You know what I'm saying? Cuz as guys in this mm-hmm. lifestyle, especially when we're first getting in, before you learn about that side of it, you feel like you're just in a pool with everybody else and you're doing everything you can to kind of make yourself stand out. Yes. And then what happens is something happens and you learn that, hey, you're in this group pool, but we got this special pool over there and you meet the criteria to, to be in that pool. You want to come over there? You know, and so you go over there and you check it out. And it's like, now you have people coming after you. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was that like for you when you first started to realize that, oh, shit, there are women out here, you know, married women out here that, you know, they are crazy about black dudes and I'm a black dude and I'm feeling this attention. Like, do you remember when that happened? I remember exactly. So I'm going to name drop on this and I'm pretty sure they fine with it. I, I went so. to a couple. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, they are. They are because we're still great friends. Uh, I went to a couple party by the name of Strong together. and. Uh, I was that, like I said, I was that guy. So now for the people who are listening who may not be aware of what you mean when you say that guy, can you kind of describe it, explain that okay. to my listeners real quick, what that guy means? Okay, I was that, that tall, handsome guy everybody wanted to know. I was that new face that came back into the lifestyle. You know, I was that, that real handsome, nice guy. Everybody just really wanted to know or fuck, however they want to identify to it. But I had that label. And so this is post divorce. Yes, post divorce. Okay. And uh so going to Stone Together's party, that's the group name. Uh I met this brother named T J there. T J of the Goodfellas. Right. And uh I met him briefly, met him passing, they had a small conversation. So the next night I had all these emails and text messages saying, hey, this brother named TJ want to talk with you. So I called him, and we had a conversation, and he, he was saying some great promising things about us brothers. And he said, look, I would like you to come to my party. And when I went to his party, I saw that he had a platform for black men. And all these couples was there, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so this how I feel to be wanted by many, right. not just be wanted by many women, guys are bringing their women specific for us. Yeah, they're delivering them like dominoes, like knocking at the oh, door. Oh, <laughs> bro. So, TJ brought me in and we had more conversation and he was like, so this is what I'm trying to build and this is what I'm going to build. So you want to be a part of this? And I said, sign me up. And I've been his right-hand man ever since. Uh, I had his back on everything. And uh, also, I will say this, he, he was like an older brother slash a mentor right. to me. He was that guy. 
because I've met a lot of great guys through him. And uh, he pretty much showed me that, that platform. And, hey, brother, I've been riding that way very since. So let me ask and you. Actually, I, oh, go ahead. My bad. So, so actually, I kind of mimic his group by when I put my group together. Mm-hmm. So, yes, to keep, it, keep everything going. Nah, it's, yeah, it's 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 definitely cool to, to to keep it moving to keep it moving forward. So let me ask of you: course. Was there ever a time, especially in the beginning, where you felt a certain kind of way that these women were coming after you because you were black? Like I I I I, I and here's why I say that: I know that I've encountered guys through my years in the lifestyle and you know, they have an issue with the whole BBC thing. You know, I, I think it comes down to the, I'm more than my cock kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, we as black men, it's something that we all deal with in some way, shape or form going through this lifestyle. And we all have our different ways of coping with it. You know, I know for me personally, you know, especially coming from a BDSM background, I, I think when you play in the BDSM pool, you understand fetishes a lot more than the typical person who only deals with like swinging or swapping or something like that. Like when you're involved in BDSM, you deal with that too, but you know, you, you see people who are into rope play and you see people who are into fire play and, and blindfolds and flogging and paddling and caning and, you know, uh, yeah. You know, you you see people who enjoy dressing up as babies and tops and bottoms and doms and subs and masters and slaves. Like, there's so many different fetishes. So, for me, coming into this lifestyle, for me, it was just another fetish. You know what I'm saying? You know, you you see people with bimbo fetishes and Asian women fetishes and big titty fetishes. Oh, and, you know, I, I saw guys with fetishes for women with big feet. Like, you see all kinds of shit. You know what I'm saying? Of course. So... I never had an issue with it because I was like, okay, it's just another fetish. And let's be honest, I fetishized the women just as much as they fetishized me. So it never bothered me. So I'm just kind of curious from your perspective in the beginning, when you realized that when these women came in, a lot of them, they were interested in your black dick. Were you cool with that? Did you struggle with that? Were you like, okay, let's rock. Like, how did you, how did you deal with that? No, I was cool with it because I knew the environment. You know, uh, what the good fellas stood for at the moment was, uh, you know, couples that create men of that crave chocolate or men of color. So when these women came there, it wasn't like they was coming to uh, be a bestie or learn me. They came to fuck black men. You know, they have their, their white men at home or whatever preference they have at the house. But tonight on the weekend, they cribbing black dick. They went that barbecue and, chicken. <laughs> oh, no, we ate that shit before they got there. <laughs> we ate that shit before they got there. But no, they, and that's what the whole premise was all about. So, And I was comfortable with that. Again, because it was the lifestyle bubble. So again, it was a non-judgmental bubble for me. Mm-hmm. And I embraced it. I really did embrace it. All right. That's what's up. That's what's up. So fast forwarding a little bit, because you were, you were how old when you got with TJ? Like after your divorce and 
Uh, I'm just trying to give my listeners a timeline. Okay, so you got divorced early 30s. Yes. Okay, so you've been... Now, have you, in that time, you said you're 45 now, have you had any other relationships? Or have you just strictly been... Now, the relationship that you've had, have you always said, okay, from now on, this is how I'm going to do my relationships? Like, the the lifestyle is going to be a part of it, or did you have breaks where you just broke off and tried to do the vanilla thing? I tried to do the vanilla thing, and... Again, I had to be truthful and honest that that wasn't for me. Like you said, you know, it gets to a point where you start to, that loneliness kick in yeah. and you just want somebody. And I believe that I had too much of an ideal person, so I enhanced it. You know, or it made my loneliness feel more enhanced. Uh-huh. So I pursued a relationship that, was pretty much was a friends with benefits at first, and then progressed to a relationship. And I realized that it was just too many rules for me to be happy. There was too many obligations where I felt like I was limited. I wasn't able to live and have fun to my potential. Mm-hmm. So I just had to have one of those brutal conversations about that's not what I wanted, and it called it quit. So I've been in one set. It didn't last long anyway. Right. So how long would you say it's been that you've pretty much been like rolling solo? Like the, how, many, how many years now? Since 2012. Okay. <laughs> so 2010, I jumped out there. 2011 to 2012, I kind of like chilled with the other girl I was just talking about. Right. And when, when that didn't work, I was off to the race, brother. <laughs> and you haven't looked back. I haven't looked. Now, is that something that if the right person came along, you would be open to? Or have you, like, slammed the door shut on that period? Like, no matter how great and fantastic and open-minded and everything she is. Well, when I closed the door on is monogamy. I didn't close the door of relationship. But monogamy, yes. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 I can't tell you. That monogamy ship for me sailed a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, just, yeah, I'm just not cut out for it. And it's not, and like you said, it's it's not one-sided. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's not like, hey, I get to have all the fun, but you got to be just for me. No, I'm like, hey, we all can both have fun. Just I can't yeah. be with just one person. You know what I'm saying? And I made it fair to her. I was like, she can ride on this boat with me. Right. And if that's not what she wanted, Okay, no need to be wasting more time. Let's just call it separate, and you go find what you look for, and I pursue what I want. All right, like, so I wasn't all about wasting time. No doubt, no doubt. So let me ask you this then. So you've been, like you said, you've been doing this for a minute. I mean, you got, yeah. you got, you got years in this. Aside from, because I mean, obviously, we know that the, the the sex is a big draw for for it, but removing that from the equation. What keeps you coming back? Like, what is it about this lifestyle that that you enjoy so much outside of the bedroom? Like, we understand the bedroom stuff is fun, but, like, removing that from the equation just for this question, what is it that you enjoy so much about being a part of the lifestyle? Uh, feeling free. Feeling free. Uh, it, it, gave me, it gave me a sense of riding a motorcycle. Right. Of free. And there's nothing that can slow me down but myself. Of course, on this ride, I developed great friendships with a lot of great people. And Absolutely. we still have that friendship today. Now, 
I'm at a, I call myself, you know, I'm that old lion now. So I get kinked and kicked off watching other people do funny shit. <laughs> I like seeing the, I like seeing the, the vanillas come into the lifestyle bubble and, you know, lose their virginity in there. It's, yeah. it's funny to me. It's entertaining. And you try to school them and you hope they're doing it right. It becomes some kind of comical. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's like a, a weird thing that I like to see other people do funny shit or pretty much just watch them have fun. So if you remember, when I came to Splash, I did the, and I, because I, I believe you, you stuck around when I gave the seminar. Of course. And I was talking to the, the dudes about how to go from being the guy that's chasing to becoming the guy that is, is requested. Yes. And, you know, I never asked you this directly, but just, you know, like I said, one of the things that made me really want to have you on the show and the way that we connected was your, your energy is mad cool. And I'm sure anybody listening to the podcast can feel it, can feel what I'm talking about. You have a very calm, real cool kind of energy about you. You know what I'm saying? And Thank you, so I can tell that you bring that to the table when you deal with couples. And I know couples love that shit. So okay, I, will. I know that you're in that group of guys that gets requested. In other words, you don't have to chase a lot. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> like you don't, you don't have to chase a lot. Like it's, it's pretty much you, you're the kind of guy where you've got options. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you don't have to reach too much. And not only that, but even if you are reaching a little bit, you're reaching, but you're never pressed. Of course. You know, it's like, if it's going to come my way, it's going to come my way. If not, you know, and the funny thing about it is sometimes you might talk to somebody and then like a year later, that conversation bears fruit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, damn, I forgot of all course. about that. You know, next thing you know, your phone is blowing up or you get an email or whatever. Um, so kind of give my listeners a peek into that, like behind that curtain, as far as like, this is how a bull who gets requested navigates this lifestyle. Like, what can you okay. say to speak on that? Well, okay, I'm going to be, like I said, I consider you a brother, and I consider your fans as an extension of the family, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. Now, I'm, I'm about to go dark, and then I'm going to shed light to how I became that person. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, of course, you know, I told you I served the country uh, in the Marine Corps, uh, 17 years actually. Get alone. I fought for a tour. I didn't expect to live. Actually, I was injured on four tours. So it became very, very dark. PTSD, the whole thing. And, uh, it took meditation. I didn't, I didn't succumb to drugs or alcohol or prescription pills or anything. I practiced yoga, tantra, medication, I mean, meditation. I practiced it all. And to survive it all, I had great friends. And you hear it so much how, oh, you're a handsome guy. But then when you hear people go, oh, man, he's a handsome guy and a great guy. And other people started to want to know more about you. That gave me a sense of being wanted. I need to be here. I need to survive this. I need to embrace it. So the lifestyle kind of saved me. It saved me from that dark place. So. I stay humble. I stay so humble to where 
I never got caught up with people go, oh, that guy fucked good. Oh, that guy looked good. He smelled good. I, it turned me on when they embraced my character, my personality, and wanted to know more as if I was a book. They were so eager to read. And that kept people going. Because I only said so little about myself. I became an enigma, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure the little piece I would give out, it piqued their interest enough to want to see me again. So it, it became, hey, where's that guy, Dimitri? Invite him. Or if there's a party, they go, well, we need single guys. And I was always one of those guys they picked because, again, okay, I will back up the case. The fucking part of thing that was an attitude, and it was a good part, but <laughs> it was the energy because you take a break and they're going to want to talk, they want to socialize. Right. So I had so much to talk about and share in between fucking and it treated people to want to know more. And my story and my life, it led the next man that was a single guy friend and go, okay. So that idea guy that I was hoping out there, he stood right before me. And when I started getting open invites like that, I embraced it and told that, hey, there are other brothers out there that can speak with me. Give them a chance too. So <clears throat> I became that guy, and it, it all came from up under the good fellow's brother, um, umbrella. Mm-hmm. You know, I became that wanted guy. Hey, let's invite that guy to meet you. And because I was so humble that I didn't get caught up in that hype. Right. I didn't get caught up in the hype because your hype bubble can burst this fast. Oh, no, we so, see it. We see, we see it happen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? we see it happen the so guys, much. The guys and, that believe they own press clippings. It can burst so fast that you don't want to be that guy that, you know, you go, oh, that's Dimitri. I fucked him. Oh, everybody fucked Dimitri. No, you want to be that guy everybody wants to fuck mm-hmm. or still want to fuck because, again, you're trying to fuck everybody. You're not going to fuck at the same pace and same degree as you fuck the first or second person. You're going to get tired. Yeah. You're not going to be able to come. They're going to feel like they didn't please you. Yeah, like these, so, like, so many they, variables. They, yeah, they, they, their feelings are going to be hurt. Like, well, maybe he just wasn't that into me. So all that playing through it, so I fed them so just enough to keep them interested and intrigued to know more about me or just to have me around. And I've been riding that wave, brother. I've been riding that wave. No, that's 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 really cool, man. That's really cool. So now, one of the things that that, that we had talked about prior to this, I told you I was going to bring it up. Um, yeah. Obviously, the last few months have been kind of crazy in this country. And oh yeah. You know, I'm not going to take this in a political direction, but one of the things I am curious about because I know I've been asked about it, and that is. Mm-hmm. I've been asked by couples that I know because they've been dealing with it. They've been seeing things on social media and seeing things out there that all of a sudden makes it seem like it's wrong to be interested in interracial. It's wrong to pursue black men sexually. You know, somebody was telling me, I think I saw something recently where the AVNs just totally got rid of that, the whole interracial category. Which is messed yeah. up now because it's a lot of blo- it's a lot of people of color who aren't going to be able to get recognized now because now there's that category no longer exists, um, but, you know. Um, so I'm just kind of curious. I'm sure, like myself, 
you've been approached by those couples who say, hey, are we racist for pursuing this? You know, is my wife racist because she prefers black men or because she only plays with black men? And I'm just curious, what is it that you tell these couples who come to you and confide in you to kind of help them understand and better grasp so that they don't see themselves that way? What is it that you say to these people? Well, okay, so we just recently had a situation like that. And what I told, I tell them is, okay, you got to have that conversation. Uh, for you to have that race talk, what happened to bring the subject up? Yeah, you have a uh, misunderstanding with another black guy, and he just starts feeling out that you're racist. Because a lot of people say a lot of stuff within out of anger. Mm-hmm. So before you start saying, I'm going to leave you this, I'm going to leave you that, or you want to shut that subject out, why not try learning a little bit more about our understanding about how we feel or our thought process about society of today? Because that term racist get thrown out so much because of its opportunities, uh, setbacks, finances, financial gains, or religious and political politics. So I, I try to tell people, before you pass that judgment or that label, I want you to know, have a conversation with me and try to take a learning from it. Yes, I want to talk to you and learn more about you, your culture, your character, your upbringing. And if there's misfortune because some people are brought up by racist parents, but you become an adult, you make your own decisions. Right. If you want to keep that trade going or you want to see the world. Don't let those racist behaviors limit your ability to feel. Of course, again, if it's the United States, don't be so divided or divisive. So having those conversations, you just got to be honest. Be honest. Talk about how you feel. Hey, they say I can't use the N-word. Well, why can't you? Because it's offensive. Okay, you still can use it, but there's consequences to everything. Right. You know, you know, it's a, the context about it also. You know, you just got to have those open conversations. And I, I try to tell those, my friends that. I try to tell them, like, Elsie, you don't identify yourself as racist, but I do. Who am I to live in something that you know you're not? That's so unfair to me to judge you when I don't know you. Then I'm pursuing prejudice. Yeah. Well, that kind of made me a racist. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So I can't do that. I got to have that open conversation. And then same thing with them. If they're being labeled, labeled that way by the masses or whoever, okay, take the time, have a conversation. Let's come to an understanding. And if I am a racist, accept me as a racist and you keep it moving and I keep it moving. Yeah, to stay out of my way. Well, your choice. <laughs> stay out of my yeah. way and I stay out of yours. Yeah, exactly. There's so many lanes. Stay in your lane, I'm over here. All right, so, so let me let me um kind of branch off on that. And for those of us who've been in this for a while, we've we've seen a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like there's very little that is going to surprise us or catch us off guard. So I'm just okay. kind of curious. I know the things that you like. What are some of your pet peeves? Like if someone were to say, man, it bothers me when couples do this, or it bothers me when people in a lifestyle do that. Like what is on, what are some of the things that irk you 
when you see it, when you encounter it, when you're playing with the couple, like some of the things that just like, excuse me, rub you the wrong way? Well, I tell couples right off the bat that I'm not a prop or a nominee. I'm not going to just fuck your wife because I'm just a black guy to support your king. I'm not going to pause and hold this position so you can take a picture. Like, uh, I am a, I'm a person. I'm right. an individual. Give me that respect because I'm giving you that respect. I want it back. And again, please don't lie. Don't take my picture and video and go, this for my privacy or for my wife's entertainment. And then I see my shit on social media somewhere. <laughs> again, Oh, it's, it's happening. Oh, no, I'm sure. And, uh, I, was, I, yeah. I, I just saw it happen with me today. I'm, I'm, about yeah, to, so, I'm about to send the husband a message now. Like, um, is that me? Not that I mind, but still, like you say, you could have told me. You know, it didn't show my yeah. face or nothing, but it was just kind of cool, interesting to run across it. Like, oh, shit, that looks, that looks like my hairline. <laughs> yeah, for real. And I think the one I, I ran across recently was uh, I actually ran into a couple at a local restaurant. And I kind of reserved myself because I was going to see what they're going to acknowledge me in public. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, so I gave the same energy back. So when he approached me and he was like, hey, man, I just want you to know, I didn't say anything to you because I was with my friend. Oh, well, I thought we were friends. A simple head nod or just to let me know you acknowledge me would have been fine. Oh, even a text message. So, <laughs> yeah, anything. So, if you can't acknowledge me as that much, then there's no value to us. So those are like simple pet peeves of being free. I have so much self-respect for myself, but I demand that same energy from the couples and people and friends that I, I befriended. They don't have fun with. So it's not really much. It's just the quality or the, the degree of it. Okay. All right. So now, I'm sure that some of my, my, my listeners are, are, are wondering this. And if you, you know, for you to have been in the lifestyle as long as you have, I'm sure that you've come across this. And so I'll ask you this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know that there are two kind of couples mainly that, that swim in these waters. Yeah. You have your hot wife couples. Some people refer to them as stag vixen couples. And you have your cuckold couples. Do you have a preference? Are you cool swimming in both pools? Does one make you, do you feel more comfortable in one? Like, what is your thoughts, ideas, perceptions on those two lifestyles as far as how it pertains to you? Well, uh, uh, hot wife and cocoa couple, like pretty much I'm comfortable with both settings uh, because I have my own, rules and rules of what I will do and what I won't do. Right. And I always put that out first and foremost before we have any kind of fun. Now, again, uh, what they do and what they present, by all means, have fun. Now, what I did realize about the stag and Dixon, that the stag have more of a sense of pride when it comes to sharing his wife when he may or may not engage, but it's more of a sense of pride. Right. And the cuckoo couple, sometimes that Coco has a sense of pride also. And the power that he gives his wife or that dumb or that bull is to challenge his own masculinity to see if he can, he's strong enough to deal with that. So I don't knock either one, and I'm comfortable with both settings. Mm-hmm. 
I just I always just tell them to respect me and my my preference from what my comfort level is. Right. And for the most part, they do. Now, one of the things I never that, had. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Excuse me. No, go ahead. You said you never had. I never been disrespected by neither one. That's all I'm about to say. Well, one of the things I'm curious about is to kind of get your take on it. As I've often said, is like you, I enjoy them both. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, and what I've often said is, playing with a stag vixen couple, it's almost like sharing a girl with a buddy. Like it's yes. it's, it's 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 really usually it's usually really light. You know what I'm saying? It's really relaxing. I mean, there's there's a lot more laughing and chilling involved. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I I equate it to it's like playing checkers. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't really require a tremendous amount of mind power. You know what I'm saying? No. Whereas when you deal with a cuckold couple, it's a totally different energy, a totally different dynamic. And so I equate it to playing chess. Not saying that one is better. It's just it requires more concentration. Strategy. It requires more of your energy because there's so many different dynamics at play. You know what I mean? It's okay. Is she submissive to me? Are they both submissive to me? Is she dominant with him? Is he expecting me to be dominant with him? Like there's a lot of other things that are kind of swirling around. So, you know, like personally, I feel like, like I couldn't live on a steady diet of just one. Like I like having them both balance off of each other. Like I may go through a period where I deal with a bunch of hot wife couples because like I said, it's, it's light. (laughs) You know, it, it it kind of frees my mind up for other things, and it's not as intense from a mental standpoint. But then sometimes that gets kind of not boring, but it's like, okay, I, I, I want my mind engaged. I mean, I, I, I need that workout. I need those mental gymnastics. So then you go and you deal with a cuckold couple, and that, you know, you may deal with several. And then after a while, that gets heavy. And it's like, okay, I need something light. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I need something light. And I'm just kind of curious, do you kind of perceive them both that way? Where, like, one is kind of, okay, this is kind of like a chill, like a walk. And the other one is like, okay, this is a run. I got to energy and conserve and pace myself. And, like, how do you kind of see them both playing off of each other? Well, the second victim is more, more of a complicated, like you said, more of a buddy. Yeah. And it's more of a very super chill and casual setting for me. Uh, because uh, sometimes the stag may stay in there and have fun with us, or he may just say, man, I'm going to go chill in the bedroom. Y'all have y'all fun. So I can just see me. Right. But when I'm into a cuckold and hot wife, it's more of, okay, now I got the, I, I just put myself as a character. Yeah. And I play that character to its fullest potential. You got to be on. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, if I got to be that dominant bull, if I have to be that verbal abusive guy to create this gentleman to keep the kink going, uh, I would do that. Uh, now, like I said, it's a hard no because I'm not going to let another man fluff me. But if he want to clean his leg up that size, blow my load all over her, by all means, girl ain't here to do that. That's your sexual fulfillment. Right. I don't judge on that. But again, it comes down to the full potential character that I have to play. And I play that character from the moment that we encounter each other until the moment I walk out and then we see each other again. 
So that's your called, that's your Denzel training day character. <laughs> man, I did, bro. <laughs> man, bro, you, you gotta go hard. Yeah, like, no, nah, no doubt. I know. I know, you know, King Kong ain't got shit, shit on me. On me. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a bull, so it's more like a, I'm more of an, a, of an asshole. I'm more abusive. Right. I'm more, yeah, you know, all that coming to play as, a, as that strong minded, strong will character that I play in the Coco Hot Wife situation. Mm hmm. Well, no, man. That's, I that's, love that shit. No, no. It's like you said. If you, you said earlier that you a kinky dude, so you know, much like myself, and so it's 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 a fun role to play. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, of it's, it's it's like it's like you can understand why actors and actresses get excited when they get the opportunity to play like a well thought out bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Heck yeah. Like it's like there's just, there's almost more to sink your teeth into. You know what I mean, like, and you can see it in Denzel and Training Day. Like he, you you can tell he loved that. You know what I'm saying? Like he had played the good guy so much, and the you know the upstanding guy and the guy doing the right thing. You know that for once, you know he got to be a dick. He got to be that asshole dude. You know, and you know it got it got him his Academy Award. Um, yeah. It's gonna be the bag out of make it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Now, I'm, I, I don't want to keep you too much long because I always try to keep these, 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 these interviews a certain length. And I'm sure that there are things that, you know, that we didn't get to. I mean, I can't, I can't touch on everything, but I try to touch on enough to get to to give people, you know, a sense of who you are, a sense of what you're about, a sense of what you value. You know, I also try to put things in there so that guys who are still trying to find their way can listen to somebody who's experienced and say, Oh, okay. Maybe those are some, some lessons that, you know, that I can apply and, you know, and, and everything like that. So one thing that's important that we definitely got to let the people know, um, real quick before I forget, how do people find you? Okay. You can find, people can find me on SDC up on the velvet curtain. One word. Uh, can you, can you, you spell have- that for them? Velvet Curtain, V-E-L-V-E-T-G-U-R-T-A-I-N. Okay. No, velvet Curtain. No numbers, no hashtags, no underscores, no nothing, just the word Velvet None of that. Curtain. There's one word. Okay. One word. You can also find me on Kick as in D-I-M-I-T-R-I-813. That's Dimitri813. Again, D-I-M-I-T-R-I-813. And also, they can find me up on the velvetcurtain at gmail.com okay now are you on SLS or are you only on SDC I can't I took my SLS down I'm just on SDC right now okay okay now you had mentioned something earlier about uh, starting your own group are you is it to the point where you can mention the name of the group yes the group is called Velvet Curtain Velvet oh. Curtain is my group oh okay I thought that was just like the name that you had rocked with no um, Velvet Curtain is my group uh we based out of Tampa. Uh, pretty much, we host parties throughout Central Florida, North Florida, or wherever we need to take the party. Okay. And uh, again, we're adventures of the good fellas, but we try to bring in couples, not uh, that single guy friendly, but also they can get it in with other couples. We encourage it. You know, right. we don't want all the work put on us. So get in and have fun to your potential. We just like to provide a safe, private, discreet environment. So 
know, you have to deal with the, just come in and have fun and check off all the prisons on the outside world. All right, all right. Now yeah, for the for the, for the for the wives that I that I have listening, just to kind of give them an idea, and it doesn't have to be one type, but just yeah. what what types of things about the women that you encounter in this lifestyle, like what turns you on, like every like everybody knows from listening to the show that I'm a heel fucking freak. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mentioned in quite a few episodes, it's at the point of my parties where women come to my parties and they show me their new heels because they know I'm a fucking heel dude. And then everything kind of goes from there. I'm a heel and leg dude. What is it about oh my God, you feel women me. that you enjoy looking at? Like what part of a woman turns you on? Like you're, you would say you are a, you know, cause some guys are ass, some guys are titties, whatever, whatever. Short, tall, some guys like them round, some guys like them straight. Like what? what's your... Like, what does it for you? Not that you can't appreciate them all, but what are your hot buttons? My hot button is to see a woman walk in here. The strut that she developed, when she strut in here, three, five, or seven inches she wear, uh-huh. that walk, man, that walk do something to me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> man, it, you know, it, it, it gives a hill that, it gives them that, that, Feminine sway, it's like it's fluid, like water, bro. It's like it's so organic with a woman, and you know when she knows what she's doing because the look on her face tell you. It shows with the way the hips, the ass, everything. Oh, I'm also a sucker for curves. Right. I don't care if you're big or small. If you got a curvaceous figure, shit. It's <laughs> 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 gonna be. Ooh, I'm a kid with candy store, brother. Yeah, no. But I love I love a woman that can walk in the hill that, now, that got that weight. So you must be a big fan, and I know, I know I can name drop because they've been on my show, and I know that you know them. Um, you must be a big fan of Mecha. <laughs> Lupe and Misha? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we're, we're best friends, actually. We're great friends. I call them little brother. Yeah, no, uh, they're good people, man. They, 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 they actually went out of town last week, and they came to New York right when I yeah. was leaving. So we weren't able to, to link up, but I was able to put them in touch with a real good friend of mine, and they got together and had a good time. So it's always cool when you can do that. You know what I'm saying? When you can look up, like, yo, here go my man. Here's his number. I'll put y'all in touch. You know, he showed them a good time. They enjoyed each other's company and everything. But they, I was mad that I, they happened to be coming out right when I was on my way out. You know, yeah. but I, yeah, I had him on the show, man. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it yet, but I'll send you the link for it. They, they gave a great oh. interview. I interview. I interviewed both of them. You know what I'm saying? Please do, bro. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a good show, man. Good good people. A, yeah, funny story, man. They they got a great story. I mean, to hear him tell it, how they met and got together and been through all their ups and downs and everything. It was a absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was one of my, one of my, you know, it was a, it was a very popular episode. Like people really liked it. You know what I'm saying? Well, he going to share with you one day of how, uh, I played a, a role in killing no, Well, he'll tell you. I'd rather he'll tell you because it's more fun when he tells you. <laughs> but, uh, I just put it to you this way. I am a very big part of their life. Uh, we're, we're, we're all three like really best friends. Well, I know, I know that y'all are pretty much in the same general area. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I remember we had talked about it before and I remember uh, seeing you guys at Splash. You know what I'm saying? So I know that you were acquainted. I didn't know the depths that it went, but I knew that you were all acquainted. 
And that was oh, why bro, I felt comfortable. Yeah, that's why I felt comfortable <laughs> dropping his name because I had brought you up before telling him that I was going to have you in the show. And he was like, yeah, we just went to a party. I couldn't remember if they just were about to go to a party with you or had just seen you and, and you know, at a party and everything. But, you yeah, know, they're great people, man. Great people. And that's why when you're talking about the curves, I was like, yeah, I know you must really like me today. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, see, with us, with the friendship that we develop and they're being so young, when I have young couples come in, I always refer them to Lupe and Misha for advice, experience, and the sense of understanding. Right. So I always refer them to Lupe and Misha because of how their dynamic in the lifestyle. You know, they yeah, got a lot of yeah. You know, they're good people to experience. learn from. They're good. They're good people to learn from. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, that's that's definitely dope that you do that. You know what I'm saying? Now, before yeah. I let you get out of here, man, like I said, I, uh, you know, you said in the beginning that you was going to be an open book, and I, I, I feel like you knocked that part out of the book, out of the, out of the park, and I appreciate it. Um, is there anything at all like you, you, you got my listeners listening to you right now? You got young guys listening to you. You got couples experience listening to you. You got new couples listening to you. There's a lot of people around the world who are listening to you right now, not live. Okay. But I'm saying they are going to hear this episode. Okay. Any message you want to put out there about yourself? Anything? Because you 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 going to get some feedback on this. <laughs> okay. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put uh, it's out for the young brother. Take your time. Be patient. Soak up all the knowledge and information that's valuable to to make you a great gentleman and a better person for this lifestyle. As for the couple. Now that we have a platform and we are we express and we show that we are wanted, desired, and we have a platform for ourselves, embrace it. Uh, don't leave us like getting nowhere. Uh, we try so hard and we we pretty much excelled on there that we did to let you know that hey, we have that we have that place. But that's my thing to the couples and the single guys. Now, myself as a gentleman, me, never be afraid to ask me anything. I'm as friendly as possible. Uh, open book, anything, any topic, any subject, music, whatever, or advice. Hell, I may need to reach out to them for right. advice. <laughs> I'm that guy. Don't be afraid. Oh. You have my information to reach me. And I know that people are going to wonder, so I'll go ahead and let you say this real quick. You want to give the folks your vitals? I know you tall brother, two, whatever. You know, like de- <laughs> Describe yourself to the people so that the women listening can say, oh, okay, we have it. Because they hear the voice, so help them kind of put that into perspective for them. Okay, I stand uh, 6'3", I run about 235, 240, bitch. Uh, So the proof, that's right there. They could go to, they could go to, was it Velvet Curtain? <laughs> on SDC, on SDC and, 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 yeah. and check everything out. Well, look, man, yeah. I, look, I appreciate you. I know this has been kind of a long time in the works and everything. And, you know, I apologize for not getting it done sooner, but hopefully you see that I stayed on it. You know what I'm saying? And I, and, and, I, yeah. and I said I wanted to have you on. So, you know, thank you for coming on. Thank you for, you know, for making time for the show. And, 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 and giving such a great, you know, uh, 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 having a great conversation and hopefully people have learned some things. 
what I'm saying? And that's all I strive for is to put an episode together that, you know, that that stimulates conversation in people, stimulates dialogue. Well, you know, brother, so I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> but yeah, man. So it's been it's been real. Like I said, hopefully our paths will cross. You know, cross again soon. I mean, it was I'm unfortunate with the whole COVID thing because I was on my way to Florida for Splash. I had the room oh, booked and everything. Quick. What's up? I'm sorry. Real quick, friends, couples, ladies, single guys, look for the Splash Mocha 2021. If you can't find the information, Google it. Splash Mocha 2021. All right. Let's now, to the races. Now, y'all, I'm, I'm not going to go into too much because we're going to actually do a separate episode that's all about what Splash is and, and you know, yeah. and everything like that. I wanted this one to be about you, but I will say, because I'm booked for them, I think you guys have three dates in 2021, right? You have yeah. Atlanta, uh, Florida, and Houston. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I, I will be at all three. <laughs> I've got, my, I've got, my, I've got my trip all taken care of. So I, I will be at all three. I mean, I had a blast at the one, um, in Atlanta. And like I said, I'm not gonna go too much into it because, you know, we, we, we that that deserves its own episode. You know what I'm saying to talk about splash that deserves its own episode. So everybody, stay tuned. That that episode will be coming to you and and very soon. Um, like I said, again, as I always do, I want to give a shout out to my Patreon supporters. I know I say this all the time, but, you know, they're the ones who make this go. They're the ones through their generous contributions are the ones that allow me to bring this show to you, that allows me to put the time, effort, and energy into it. Um, if you are not yet a Patreon supporter, like I say, maybe this one will be the one that turns you into one. Maybe this is the one that makes you say, hey, you know what? I like the content that this guy is doing. The lifestyle needs more of it. We need to do what we can to ensure that he's able to keep doing what he's doing. Um, so, I support you, brother. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So my Patreon supporters out there, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, every month I continue to be humbled, I mean, by the generosity that everybody shows me that allows me to keep this train going. So uh, my man, Dimitri, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm moving the show forward uh, to all my listeners. Thank you. Again, I am your host, Michael C. This has been another episode of The China Shop presented by the Keys and Anklets podcast. Signing off, and I'll see you when I see you.